I want to talk a little bit about it because I enjoyed our text conversation that we were having. <laughs> yeah, that might be the most uh, violently we've disagreed on anything, but uh, yeah. But like, see, like that's the thing. Like, I love. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I enjoy that, and like, I don't. It, and that's like text comes across certain ways sometimes, and it's just like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I I enjoy. I, 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 well, I enjoy it when it comes to sports. I fucking hate it when it comes to anything else. Like Ooh. I'm so confrontation avoidant in my relationships. Like you can ask any, anyone I've ever dated, like they'll tell you that I will run from, from that sort of <laughs> conflict. And like, and even that, like lately to have those conversations about, you know, policy and politics it's so fucking exhausting yeah so th- yeah like- if and and i mean I, I try not to have too many about I, I politics and policy and all that other stuff too if if can you when you really know somebody or or you think you know somebody well enough where you can at least trust that their viewpoint and perspective is coming from a decent spot Right. Can you have a, a, a deeper conversation with that individual? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, that's what you, you know, like you and I didn't know each other when we started doing yes. this at all. And that's, you know, that's what's happened over the last year and a half. And yeah. And so, I, I mean, it doesn't mean I like to have them though. Like it's still, yeah, I, they're, I hear they're still draining. And I think that's a good point. I think it's, it come, it's gotten to where, I only have those conversations with the people I know and trust the most now. That's kind so, of interesting. It's inter- so you and I are similar to this. And so here's, this is an interesting like psychology thought experiment kind of thing. I'll say this as, as me, so I'm not implying it to be true for you as well, but I think sometimes I, I don't care so much what, people think about me but i want people to have to think good about me you know what i mean like so when i have a conversation with somebody who i know family members you know you and daryl i i worry less that when i'm done with it joe is gonna think i'm a bad person so i'm able to speak a little bit more of a true feeling Whereas when you have debates or discussions with people randomly, you know, and, and sure, I think yeah, this is yeah. what happens when you're on Twitter a lot and, and yeah, yeah. You worry, oh man, I just, I, I said <laughs> something and it might've been my true feeling and, but it sometimes comes across different in text. And then you spend time afterwards. Oh my gosh, do they think I'm an awful human being? Oh my gosh, do they think yeah. this about me? Oh my gosh, do they think this about me? And it's more about how we reflect and process ourselves as opposed to others. Maybe, you know what I mean? I, and I 100% agree with you that I I am different with people I know well and, and people that I encounter. And, but it's funny because then there's also kind of the, the far extreme of that is the interactions I have with the people who read the stuff that I publish. And I wrote a thing on the racing site about this. Let's go Brandon, how, the let's go Brandon has no part in racing because NASCAR basically one of the, this guy, Brandon Brown was going to 
yep. have have LGB this this uh, cryptocurrency based on Let's Go Brandon was going to sponsor his car, and NASCAR said nope, can't can't do it. So there's been a big sort of like, and mm-hmm. you know NASCAR fans are pretty redneck. So I wrote an article saying you know this has no place, and then of course I got the pushback. Well, they banned the Confederate flag. They should allow Let's Go Brandon, and so you know so you have to sort of. You know, I have to hold them in the least regard of all, right? Even though that's probably the most feedback I get for most of my opinions, uh, since no one's really calling into this show. Yeah, interesting. I wish I had. I wish we can get. We should get a psych major on to uh, <laughs> no, evaluate. Yeah. yeah, or a therapist, which we all need. <laughs> How's your heart, man? I was just gonna say, Daryl, how you feeling? He's great. He's good. What happened? There, you go. there we go. There you yeah. are. So th- this is like LBJ. Remember when he, um, well, no, you don't remember. But anyway, he like raised his shirt and showed s- people something. So I'm going to show you what happened to me yesterday. Oh, so, wow. Will they change your batteries? More than that, they, um, they uh, and this is a sling that I'm wearing to, so that I don't reach up like this with my left hand because I can't for quite a while. Um so uh, they ended up giving me a new pacemaker. Oh, what wow. happened was my pacemaker controlled my heart rate, and it was only causing one part of the um, heart to pump back. So this should fix it and make it better. Holy I'm crap. Basically. It was crazy. Wow. So you basically had like half your heart wasn't working or one yes, quarter of it. enough blood back. Half my wow. heart wasn't working. So they put another wire in. And they also replaced the pacemaker, which is great, which means that I won't have to do anything for 10 more years. Wow. So how long has that been a problem, do they think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, this is an ongoing struggle. <laughs> but I'm I'm doing great right now. As you can hear, my voice is a terrible mess. I've got a cold. I don't have COVID. I've had two tests last week. Um, so... I will talk less today, which will make you two have very happy. Hi, Dr. Demento. You are listening to 103.3 FM WXOJLP in Northampton, Valley Free Radio, and streaming on the web at valleyfreeradio.org. The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. And so welcome to the Sports Plus show with Baker, Big D, and Joe. Uh, Gentlemen, I'm going to be limited in my comments today because of my cold. It's not COVID, uh, and it's not because I don't have plenty of uh, unsubstantiated views to throw out there. uh, (laughs) I'm going to just have to sit here and let you do most of the spewing, and then uh, occasionally I'll I'll try and correct your course. You You can always pantomime and we can translate for you. I don't know. Most of the things I'd pantomime wouldn't be appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I want to, I want to comment on, uh, on one of the spots there, Dr. Demento show, man, I listened to that. I've been listening to that for 40 years. I mean, that's that's, Dr. Demento still around. He's still around. Yeah. He's one of the reasons I love radio and that I do the radio, you know, like that's the kind of thing. Like I used to listen to that on the clock radio when I fell asleep when I was 
10 years old. So you actually, um, Matt, this is before your time, but so Joe, did you actually um, listen to radio dramas, listen to shows on radio? I wasn't big on like the radio plays and that sort of thing. I listened to a ton of sports and, and basically a ton of sports and Dr. Demento. And then when, when FAN first came on the air, like that was a sensation. I also listened to, um, Imus, you know, way, way back, way way back when he was so objectionable, but also entertaining. And he was, he was really smart and it's unfortunate what happened with, you know, with the Rutgers comments and, you know, he got what he deserved, but you know, he, he was, he's, you know, it was funny. It was kind of the Imus, there was Imus and there was Stern and Stern was like the Stern to me always, it just seemed a little too vulgar and a little, yeah. A little too one note for me, and I just I so never never. When got I was concerned. in Gainesville, Florida, University of Florida, which is why I have this soft spot for University of Florida. Um, they had a, the local, I think it was the PBS station or something, played old radio dramas, and so I started listening to them, and they were just tremendous. They were awesome. They were really good. Um, you know, like there was the, the Long Ra- Lone Ranger. And um, uh, the shadow, uh, they were. It was a lot of fun because it's your imagination takes over. And they're coming back as podcasts. Like there's lots of podcast dramas. The the one I listen to occasionally is called Welcome to Night Vale, and it's it's really kind of absurdist. It's it's just a really. It's very, really peaceful. It's a great thing to listen to to go to sleep because it doesn't. The, you don't have to actually think along with it because it doesn't make much sense anyway. And the narrator's voice is really soothing, and it's a it's an interesting one too. So anyway, guys, I did listen to Don't Look Up. I did watch it, and that was that's great. That was a lot of fun. Let's actually talk about that for a second, Joe. Yeah, we, please. Let, let's start our show. That this so anybody who hasn't watched Don't Look Up on Netflix. I, I recommend it. I, I thought I went into it thinking it was going to be satire and I would laugh and Leo's in it. And, uh, you know, a, a, a very attractive looking cast that it, it stars all over the place. And, um, and then I'm watching it and my wife, she fell asleep. I laughed a little bit, but then when it was over, I was like, this is kind of like a documentary of our life. Like, yeah, you know, I, I laughed, but every laugh had sort of a uh-oh behind it, you know, yeah. A cringe to it, right? Yeah. And, and and I thought, I mean, I, I what I liked about it, too, is I thought they, they didn't hold punches. I didn't watch it feeling like it was spun like a left or a right. I kind of thought they were yeah. kind of getting on everybody, and mm-hmm. it was funny. And, and they, they struck I, – I, I just – you know, the, how they portrayed the media, how they portrayed talk shows and social media was spot on to kind of how my cynical view of all that stuff. So I watched it and I, I was just entertained. I liked it. And um, I would recommend yeah, anybody. No, actually, I have to differ a little bit in that. I think that it was somewhat it was it was favoring science. It was saying, "Hey, listen, pay attention to science." And right now, we have a party that doesn't pay attention to um, science. Yeah, but it, it definitely I, I I agree with Matt. Like they definitely spent plenty of time skewering hippies as much as they did, you know, 
anyone on the on the other side. I thought it was really well crafted. Netflix has really become the the gold standard for streaming TV. There, have you seen the? Um, they did one last year too, but now they did Death to Twenty Twenty One. Did you watch that last year? Death to Twenty Twenty. It's this like mockumentary retrospective on the year and it's it is in the very in the very same vein as don't look up check 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 that out next if you like this one death to 2021 that's a good one too i I will because i i've seen those i i didn't watch them because i'm like i just lived through 2020 i don't want (laughs) to you know and that's i thought the same about 2021 so but yeah you'll think the same things that you did watching don't look up through this it's really well done so netflix if you want to sponsor the sports plus show uh, email me at joe at wildwestmultimedia.com. Thank you very much. There you go. Um, let's do it. Joe, I know you don't want to spend too much time on uh, Antonio Brown and the Bucks, but let's get it out of the way a little bit. Yeah, we both have uh, opinions to share here. So go ahead. You start. Since, well, you're, wrong, just, so since you're wrong, you start. <laughs> well, here's, the, here's the, the backstory. And let's just for right now focus on what happened last weekend. Uh, Antonio Brown in, in the third quarter, was it the third quarter, end of the third, second half, the cameras pan over to him shirtless, hopping around, leaving the, leaving the field. Uh, he's the wide receiver for the Buccaneers. And um, nobody knows why. It, we're, pieces are still coming together, but I think now we kind of have a picture. Let me give both sides of the story, and then we'll comment on it. Antonio Brown's side of this story is he has a hurt ankle. Um, It's documented he missed, I think he was a limited participant in a few practices the week prior for an injured ankle. He told coaches that his ankle was hurt and he couldn't go back in. Um, And the coaches were trying to get him to, to, to force him back in. He said to them twice, I can't go. And then according to Antonio Brown, head coach Bruce Arians said, well, then you're done. Get out of here. Made a, made, a, made a guillotine motion with his finger across his throat, said, you're done. You're gone if you won't. won't yep, get it, won't yep. according to Antonio Brown, Bruce Arians did the, the throat slash. Well, then you're done. Get the bleep out of here. And... Then Antonio Brown proceeded. He took his shoulder pads off, threw them, shirt, gloves, wristbands, threw them into the stands, hopped out of the, the off the field. Now, according to Bruce Arians, he he did have an injured ankle. He was a limited participant in practice. Medical staff had cleared him. He played the first half. Three catches. I don't know how many yards at halftime. He was pretty hot and complaining. He was upset about his lack of targets in the first half. Coaching staff and players kind of calmed him down at halftime. According to the coach, he was not made aware of any additional injuries to Antonio Brown. When his personnel group was being called to go into the game, he was refusing to go in. So then and Bruce Arians, and, and you won't be able to see this on the, you know, on the radio, but he said, I did say, well, then get out of here. And he, he took his, let's say his right hand across his body, 
brought it back across, pointed out, and then said, well, then get out of here. So he said, look, if that is what the throat slash he's occurring to, that's it. But it wasn't meant to be. Well, the, the thing that surprises me is, you know, there's 11 million friggin' cameras in an NFL stadium. The thing that surprises me is that there doesn't, there wasn't a camera on that watching what was obviously going to be a confrontation. Or, in or a cell phone. Well, I mean, if it's a cell phone from the stands, you're probably not going to be able to see much anyway. There's going to be a crowd around. But, you know, there's they've got that overhead spider camera on a string. I'm sure that thing, mm-hmm. you know, there's somewhere out there, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a, a good shot of that. But the thing that, that, you know, the big factor and why he was upset about his touches at halftime is that he has these incentives and that he signed a deal. And again, it's because he's a piece of crap and that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing that he is an unrepentant piece of crap who should not be in the league anymore, but he's in the league right now. And so we have to treat him the same as every other player who's in the league. And when a player says they're hurt, they're hurt. And you can't force a player who says they're hurt to go into a game, whether or not you think they're faking it or not, you still can't do that as a coach. And I think, you know, so he has these incentives because he came back and signed this contract because he's a risk. He's a high risk player, right? So he has this very incentive laden contract where he gets a third of a million dollars for a threshold of catches, touchdowns, and I forget what the other one is yardage, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he, he was approaching, he was probably going to get the, the catches and the yardage one, the touchdown. He needed, I think, just one more touchdown, but two more games left. There's no guarantee. But the other two, were definitely reachable and I can understand him being upset about that too. It's not something that you bring up at halftime. You bring it up at the end of the game. Okay. But wait a minute. I got to ask one question going back to Matt's replay of it. So if he played in the first half, well, did he get injured while he was playing? Is this like a new injury? No, or, it's, I think he's saying he aggravated it during the first half. So he aggravated. Okay. Yeah. And it was, it's an injury that's been with him kind of all year. I think he missed a couple of games too, kind of in the middle of the season. Right. I'll have to go back and look at his game. Yeah. Log, but, but it's, you know, it's been a, it, it is a documented injury. So and again, whether he, if he's inflating it to, to get out of the game because he feels like he's not being used properly. You deal with that after the game, you don't throw him off the field. You know, that's between the coach and the player. So I think, you know, again, I don't know, hold on a minute. When Matt, when Matt stopped teaching in Belchertown, he like flung his hat down and <laughs> ripped his shirt off and banged out the door. I remember it just like it was yesterday. Yeah. Smashed the principal's headlights with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yes. was a little yeah, that too. That's me. Uh, no, so here's, uh, Joe, I, I, and this is where I think in, we were having our text message back and forth over the week, you know, call that our production meeting. Um, <laughs> I, I 100% agree with you. Any player should never feel like they are being forced to play hurt if they feel like their body is, they're, they're going to do further damage to their body. That being said, where I do disagree with is, not every player should be treated the same. And, and, and I think character matters and your reputation matters. And at every opportunity that Antonio Brown has had to, to be a team player, to be responsible, to be, uh, 
a, a good human, a decent human being. And I know, you, Joe, you're not defending that part of it, but he has always shown, his track record has always shown to be selfish. So I don't think every player needs to be treated the same. If you want to not, if you want to not give him the benefit of the doubt in this situation because of his past behavior, I understand that. But you still have to respect his autonomy over his own body to say I can't play. None of the other crap matters when you get to that point. When you get to that line, he says I can't play. It doesn't matter who he is or how many women he's beat up or how 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 what a selfish idiot he's been his entire career. You have to accept that at face value in that moment. And and so have, it happens often when players are too injured to go into the game, medical staff takes them into the locker room to get treatment, and they come back in no shoulder pads on, they come back on crutches, they come back in a walking boot. That So, again... No helmet. No so, Bruce Arians saying... Get out of here. If if you can't go in the game, if you're refusing, what good are you on the sideline anyway? So Yeah, but that's not what Bruce Arians was saying. He was saying if you're not gonna go in the game right now, get off my team. That's what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, but but again, and and young kids, adults out there listening, in my opinion, your reputation, your character, how you treat people throughout your day, like that stuff does matter. And taking everything into account, Bruce Arians already knowing, dude, you know, I'm sure maybe we shouldn't assume in this situation, but like, I'm going to think that Bruce Arians has had a conversation with Antonio Brown and his representative saying, look, dude, you, after this fake vaccine card thing, you have zero wiggle room here. Like the, Let's call it what it is. The only reason you're on this team right now is because we're pushing for the Super Bowl and Chris Godwin is out. Leonard Fournette is out. We're banged up. That's the only reason you're still on this team. You have zero wiggle room. And well, now he's on the team because he had whatever, 67 catches. Yeah, but I, but I, but I want to think, I'd like to think if Godwin didn't tear his ACL, Leonard Fournette was still healthy Mike Evans was healthy. Do you think Antonio Brown is... I mean, there's a reason why the Bucs didn't officially um, announce their what they were going to do after his suspension until like a few days before he was reinstated, I think. So I just... Taking the whole situation into account, as far as... Uh, again, I think there are two sides to every story and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Well, and that's, and that's, I agree with you there. And I think also that's where, if you're going to criticize Brown and again, rightfully so he handled it like Antonio Brown handles things. You have to criticize Arians too, for his handling of it, because that's, that's the worst thing you can do as a coach. And that's inexcusable. And again, if he's going to lose a number of players in that locker room, just for that action alone, just for the, regardless of the throat slash, whether that was something that Brown misunderstood or blew up or whatever, you know, just the the idea that you're going to tell a player who's injured to go back in the game. And if, and again, that, that's sort of petulant. Well, if you're not going to, if you're not going to go in the game when I say you should, then you, you, 
get your ass off my team. That's just. Oh, I do know that um, sometimes players who are injured are basically used as decoy and Brown being such a great receiver. If you saw him out there, you would definitely cover him and maybe double cover him so that it, you know, he might have been a useful decoy. But you still can't, like, you still can't make him take the field if he says he can't. And uh, you know, I, the the era of you have to tough it out through every injury seems to be over. But then it pops up again. And I'm with you, Matt. That Brown's reputation definitely plays into this, and it plays into and also, you know, no other player would have left the field like that. Like any other player would have taken his helmet and shoulder pads off, left him on the bench and sulked into the, into the locker room. And, you know, and then, no, you know, he went onto the pl- field to play. And then he's, he's good. Then he went on immediately went on social media to, you know, to well, and then he went, his, his he went Uber. To the Nets game or something like that. He went to the basketball game yeah. that night, you know? So, well, I, at you that know, point, I, at that point, he's unemployed may as well. I, I, I agree with nobody should be forced onto the field. I kind of disagree. I, like, I don't think he was being uh, – because there is a level of expectation that you play through injury. You play through hurt. If everybody, if everybody in the NFL stopped playing when they had a sprained ankle, a bump, or a bruise – but, but hold on, whether we like it or not, whether we agree with it or not, you had Baker Mayfield playing on a torn labrum. You have Tony Pollard right now playing on a partially torn what, what, uh, fascia tendon yeah, I or agree something. That, I agree that people do it. I'm saying it's colossally stupid for, for players so, to do this. Again, let's not agree with it or disagree with it. Let's say like, this is what it is. The, there is a level of expectation in the NFL that you play through injury, whether we agree with it or not, there is, it, it's there. And I mean, you have Cam Akers right now with the Rams coming back after he tore his Achilles over the summer. And that's totally stupid. This kid is a great talent. He's coming. This is his second year. Like, there's no reason to be playing right now if you're Cam Akers. Right, but but unless, he's in, unless you are in his head, in Antonio Brown's head, and please don't go into Antonio Brown's head. It's got to <laughs> be an awful place. But unless you are in his head, you can't tell me where where his how what his pain level was, what his threshold is for these things, whether he was physically able to go out playing football when you're at. And this is one thing I will say that my coaches did stress probably ahead of their time is that if you go out and try to play when you're diminished, you're just going to hurt yourself worse because you're going to be in, in a vulnerable position. And so I, you know, I think I'm, and again, I hate to in any way champion anything Antonio Brown ever did in his entire life. But again, if an athlete says I can't play because my body won't allow me to, the only thing a coach should say at that point is okay. That's it. And I'm I'm there's not very many things in life that I am this absolute on. There's zero room for anything after that. And and again, it's something that you know, you talk about young athletes watching this what they should take from Brown's behavior. Uh coaches of young athletes I hope are looking at Arian's response and understanding that that's not correct. I, 
so this is the last thing I'll say. I mean, we didn't want to spend a lot of time on, please, on AP. Please, please, can we end? Yeah, yeah, good I, things, good things to talk about. Here's, here's the thing. I, I think Antonio Brown is probably the one, the one individual where I would push back on that a little <laughs> bit. Because I, I, I also don't think any other athlete would kind of, let's just say, and this is hypothetical, I, I, I I'm making this situation up. Antonio Brown does have a hurt angle. He can medically, you know, there he's not, he has a, a, a sprained ankle. He's not going to do any more harm to his ankle by playing, but it's sore. It hurts. He's upset about not getting catches. I'm not going back in. What is like, what if that was the situation? The coaches just to be like, not be upset about that so well but i feel like if that was the situation the, the there would have been seven people that would have said that publicly by now i think if that was the actually the situation it, 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 there would be there would be people that would be aware of it uh, well, that, but but they're also there also have not been any medical staff or any other members of the bucks coming out to be like yeah, Antonio Brown right. really team, te- teams don't let medical staff talk to the press directly. All that stuff goes through. I'm just saying, goes so through spokespeople. Yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown, I, I hope he never plays in the NFL again. I'm kind of done with him. Um, I hope this is it for him. It's unfortunate. He 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 is a Hall of Fame type of talent, but he is a Hall of Fame nutcase. <laughs> he might, Matt. He he might play again this year. I mean, he he could. There, there. Uh, one of these playoff teams could sign. Dallas could use a receiver, and that's good. I hope I hope he goes to Dallas. I hate <laughs> Dallas. Go to Dallas. Gives you more. Be done. Be done in the playoffs. So let me let me ask you, and we could jump off Antonio Brown. This is more of a hypothetical because I went through this with my brother-in-law, who's an Eagles fan, when they signed Vic. If let's say the Giants sign Antonio Brown for next season. Does that affect your fandom at all? Do you boycott the team until he's off the team? Do you? Well, wait a minute. That's an interesting analogy, except I think that Vic worked at rehabilitating himself. Uh, I don't want to get to him. I, I honestly think that, and I do not feel that way with Brown at all. Not, not at the time he got that contract with the Eagles. He had, maybe you could say he has it at this point, but not, not at that juncture. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I can't answer that, but, but at least he has made legitimate efforts. And that's a very, you know, it's a very interesting example because he was, um, that was pretty terrible. I uh, think, I mean, aside from Michael Vick thing, we can get, talk about that later. Yeah, let's keep with hold. Let's keep that for a separate show because I I love dogs more than I love people. So that's we'll have to dedicate about three shows to that. Anyway, I think teams are bigger than individuals. If Antonio Brown got signed by the Giants, I would be very disappointed, extremely disappointed. I would not cheer for him, but it would not. I don't think it would take away from my them being the team I root for. Um, I would be very disappointed. But, I mean, I, I, being up in mass, the Giants stink. I can't watch their games anyway. So maybe that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't watch their games, but I can't watch their games. They stink, so they're not televised. How, how many 
how many Antonio Browns would they have to sign before you burn your giant stuff? Unfair. Like, 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 let's say they get, let's say they traded for Deshaun Watson, got Antonio Brown. You can stop there. Yeah. I don't, that's an interesting question. I mean, it's a fair no, question. No, we're going to keep going on this stuff. Come on. No, I mean, well, let, let, let's, I, I believe teams are bigger than people. So I, I don't, <sighs> I don't necessarily, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I would be very disappointed. I, I wouldn't, but eventually those players are off the team at some, someday. They're off the team, and the Giants are still the New York Giants. Right. So that's what so, I mean. Would you would would you momentarily sort of pull back at all? Like, would it be hard yeah, for you? Yes, I, I would. I Matt, would. Matt, I'm still. A, um, I mean, Joe. Sorry, I'm still a, a Patriots fan after all these years, and they've certainly done a lot of disappointing things over the years. I'm still a fan. I think that sort of true fans stay with their loyalty. You know, it, it sort of gets Im- embedded in you when you're a young kid and then you just stay with it. Well, there's a difference between making questionable, you know, you know, making bad decisions that affect the, their competitiveness as opposed to making morally abhorrent decisions. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that's where the line gets drawn. And I, I think also part of the thing, part of the, my my difference in my perspective on this stuff is because I've moved around so much, I feel like I have less geographic loyalty, and I still root for the same teams I've always rooted for, but I feel like it's faded a little bit and probably so much because I've moved around so much. And it's funny, I don't always adopt the teams where I am. Like, I, I went to plenty of Titans games when I lived in Nashville. They were a lot of fun. and But I didn't carry that with me when I left Nashville. With the Blazers, I think it might be different, although they are in the toilet. They can't right be now. as bad as the Celtics. So. Oh, they're worse yeah. right now. They're 14 oh. and 24, Daryl. Oh, and and oh, they yeah. so and again, this sort of goes back to the injury thing. So, you know, if Kevin Durant says, My knee hurts in the middle of the third quarter, I can't play, Kevin Durant's is gonna sit out the rest of that game. Damian Lillard has had this abdominal um the te- tendon issue and abdominal abdominal tendinopathy they're calling it but it's wow. been bothering him for about four years now and he wow. went you know he even played it with it through the olympics because he wanted to win a gold medal and he wanted the u.s to win in 2020 and you know they accomplished that but it's it's caught up to him now and i mean they are three and 13 in their last 16 games so i just actually wrote a column that's going up on uh, ripcityproject.com this morning uh, check that out people uh, just with a kind of a three-step plan and, and it's definitely time for them to give up on their season they're 12th in the west they're going nowhere right and the, the column's been out same situation well they the celtics their- aren't aren't the celtics are at least i feel close they're enough a, they're a mess they're a mess right but now they're still they they haven't dropped quite as far i feel like the celtics can still can still make moves to get themselves back back in things. Right, right, but they have to move. The Celtics have a a huge array of of trade assets, so they're they're going to be really busy in the next. I mean, it's only five weeks now until the trade deadline. Let me ask you guys a question. You guys are the resident NBA 
you know, you guys know more about the NBA than I do. The unfrozen caveman teacher makes his first appearance. There we go. Well, no, I don't have the answer to this. Um, after they lost to the Knicks, the, the coach basically that he was asked, well, how do you guys blow? What was it? A 20 something point lead. Yeah. That how was a blow bad it? one. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of, we have zero mental toughness. We don't know. We have no, we're not headstrong. I, I can go back, not, I, I feel like it was the pre-COVID year. So I, we're going back a long ways here where they were in the NBA finals and they just, they, something was missing. It was like that mental toughness part, or maybe it was the COVID year in the bubble. Um, but so it's it, the Celtics for the last three years or so haven't been able to reach their physical potential because of their mental toughness. Is that a Tatum problem? I'm not questioning his physical attributes, but if he's the leader and, and year after year, you're saying this team, we don't have mental toughness. Is that a Tatum? Like, I honestly, I don't think so because he has improved his all around game quite a bit. And like in this last meltdown against the Knicks, he, he was the only, he was the only person on the Celtics that scored in like the last seven minutes of the game. But that's all he does. That's all he can do is score. And I think he is going to be the, I think when his career's over, we're going to remember him as Russell Westbrook who did a lot of put up a lot of numbers or Vinny Johnson. If you remember him from way back, from I mean, he's, he's better than Vinny Johnson, but, yeah, you know, yeah, but and no. Vinny Johnson was on a championship, couple of championship teams in Detroit. So I think Vinny Johnson. But, so for the Celtics, Matt though, um, like Jalen Brown took no shots. So, I mean, part of the problem is they design plays around um, Tatum and they don't, they don't. So it's it's just, honestly it's just a terrible uh, mix of talent right but, now. So so I guess Daryl and Joe like it's not nobody's questioning Tatum's physical ability, but when you are the best player on the team, if you are not mentally tough, your team is not mentally tough. And I don't know if that's even accurate to say, but it. I mean, this head coach is saying it. Brad Stevens said it. No, they, like, but listen, here's the, here's the deal. So if you're playing against the Celtics, you know that their two guards, Schroeder and uh, Tatum, can't shoot. So at the end of the game, um, you ignore them and you double-team or triple-team Tatum and Brown. And so they're, they have no – they can't do anything. Yeah, and they I mean you can't you can't not shooters bad. You have to be able to shoot three pointers in this 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 NBA. And so I'm just looking this up. Uh what is their three point percentage? Their team three point percentage. Yeah, it's thirty two percent. That's not good. Uh sorry, thirty three percent. And it's probably puts them about twenty third in the league. So and but there's plenty of three point shooters available. So I think we're gonna see and they sort of have the same problem. I think I mentioned this last week. They have the same problem that Portland does is that their two best players play the same game. And you can't yes. and hopefully yeah. they'll learn because the Blazers have had this combo together now for nine years. I think they're realizing that they've gone as far as they can with it, which seems to be about the same place, right? They make it to the conference semis on a seem, seemingly regular basis. They'll win a playoff series or two, but are they're not a championship caliber team. 
I do have to call both of you guys out um, because the Lakers don't stink so bad no more, do they? No, they sure do. What are you talking about? They've run, won four games in a row. They're at 500. Two games above. Yeah. They're, I, terrible. They're terrible. I was right. They're terrible. You were right two weeks ago. You're not right anymore. Anyway, I, w- I want to move over again to uh, happier things. Maybe Becky Hammond finally got a job and she got a job, a pretty good one. She got the best job in the WNBA in Las Vegas, taking over for Bill Ambeer, who kicked himself upstairs kind of surprisingly, but he'd become sort of a WNBA legend, won a bunch of championships. And I think this is a great, it's a great position for her. I think a lot of the fears that we've talked about, her coming into the NBA, I think aren't going to be, she'll give an opportunity, have an opportunity to prove herself without that much pressure. So I think if, and I also don't think this diminishes her chances of getting an NBA job. No, it, we, it helps them. It helps we may, them. We may see, what's funny is that now she may not be the first woman to coach in the NBA. We might see Tara Vanderveer. I, that's, that's, I, I would. That name being thrown out there? Yeah. Yeah, huh. certainly. And, um, Don Staley too. Also, yeah. you'll, you'll yeah, hear her name mentioned a lot. So I think it's it's just as likely that either Vanderveer or Staley gets hired in the next two years. And we'll have to see how much longer Pop stays because I think that job, the San Antonio job, is there for Hammond when Popovich retires. Pops Hurts. is great. Pops is great. Yeah, but man, he just looks so old. He yeah, looks so great. old. He's such a great coach. Well, what's, he got, what's he got left after this year? Another year, maybe two? Yeah, I mean, no, he's close to the end. But um, let me just bring up a couple things first before we keep moving. Um, hats off to Australia for not letting Djokovic in. And, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He, no I, hats off. I don't. I think he's being let in. No. 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 He's stuck there now too. I think. Yeah. They just said it. All right. I'm, uh, you go ahead, Daryl. Finish yeah, your thing. And the other thing is, I'm going to a UMass men's game today, oh. which will be fun. Hey. Oh. And uh, wear UMass, a friggin' hazmat women. suit. Jesus. Uh, the women. The women. There's no fans in the fans, so it's like it's like being at an uh, empty mall. Um, <laughs> The uh, other thing about UMass is that the women's team is 12 and two and is being mentioned in the top 25 for the first time ever. So is that really the first time ever from the UMass women? Oh, I think when I read it today, I think that's what it said. Wow. It's certainly been a long time if it is, but I don't think they've ever been much of a power before this. Excellent. Yeah. When I was there, they were, you know, not very good, certainly below 500 both yeah. the years I was there. Now they're really good. What'd you get, Matt? Novak Djokovic was granted a medical exemption to compete no. in the Australian Open as he has recently recovered from COVID-19. Uh, court documents published on Saturday by Australia's Federal Circuit show. So he, te- he tested clean, yeah. yeah. Okay, I- I'm okay with that. I thought for, for a minute there, he was like, they wouldn't let him leave the country too. Wasn't that I, the I thought so too. So another another big story that I think this just was announced yesterday, maybe the day before. So the U.S. Open women's tournament expanded their their. Are you talking uh, tennis? No, 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 golf. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, expanded their purse. It was five and a half million dollars this past year, which was a record for a women's tournament. They're uh, 
raising it to $10 million for next year and then another $11 million the year after that, $12 million the following year, which will bring it almost in line with the men's tournament, which the purse is $12.5 million. And so I think it's funny. We've talked about this before, right? Like, why doesn't the WNBA make more money? Why don't why aren't the women paid as much? And that you always point to market forces. And that's exactly what happened here. They got a giant sponsorship for the event and that now they can, you know, but the, the, the women's tournament too, which used to be played at kind of, I want to, I don't want to say second rate courses, but not the same courses that the men played on. They changed that too. So the next, I don't know if these things, if either you guys follow golf at all, if any of these words are going to mean anything to you, but they're playing it um, this year at Southern Pines. Oh, that's a famous quote. Yeah. Next year, next year, Pebble Beach. Wow. Lancaster in 2024, Aaron Hills in 2025, Riviera in 2026, then uh, Inverness, Oakmont, Pinehurst, Interlochen, Oakland Hills. And then this is funny after they basically keep climbing and climbing and climbing. In 2034, they're playing at Marion Golf Club in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, which is where we played. I played a freshman freshman year at Swarthmore College. I played on the golf team. That's where we played at Marion Golf Club. I shot like 135 there. No, probably not that bad, but I probably did not break 100 on the uh, Marion Golf Course. Well, that means you actually shot like one. I probably actually about then I was, you know, playing a lot. So I probably shot about somewhere between 100 and 110 would be my guess. But definitely, you know, 15 shots worse than I would at a typical Division Three level golf course. Put it that way. Well, you know, it's interesting how um, what used to be teenage jobs have really disappeared. And two examples, one would be being a caddy at a golf course. And the other one, I already forgot what it is. But um, what was your what was your teenage job? I went back back in your day was a newspaper boy. Pretty much. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say is newspaper boy. No, but it was my son's. He he bought himself um, a beautiful mountain bike that at 40 years old, he still rides. Um, but, but no, I was a caddy at Bass Rocks, which is like a Scottish golf course. Um, it had rough that you couldn't even walk through, um, if you were off, it was right by the ocean. So it was very windy too. And so Daryl's first job was lighting the oil lamps in town. So (laughs) I, I, I carried two bags from eight to 12, um, for 15 bucks each. And then- um that was good money at the time and then took a little lunch and at one i carried two bags for 18 holes again for another 15 bucks what was your what was your teenage job matt um i had a few well during the school year i would work at a retirement center in the dining room uh so it was a it was a a higher upper class. It was expensive. It was a, a fancy kind of place. I worked in the dining room and the wait staff. Summers I did construction. My buddy's dad has own uh, business doing construction. So what'd you do, Joe? Uh, I did a couple of different things. My dad ran uh, the county baseball and basketball tournaments and leagues and summer leagues. So I would keep score all the scorekeepers were like teenage kids so that was our summer job for a while and then you know when i was in in high school i did the building computers thing that was sort of my my 
side hustle, but that that scorekeeping and and clock keeping was kind of what I did until I started umpiring. And then when I again when I was seventeen, I guess I got my umpiring certificate and started doing. In fact, I was doing high school games when I was you know doing JV and freshman games when I was still in high school, which was kind of fun. So yeah, my my it's funny my I guess my earliest jobs were all sports related and computer related. Yeah. Yeah, well, this explains why I am where I am now, Matt. How come you're not owning? You don't own a restaurant or a construction company. Yeah, I made I've made one poor career choice after another. <laughs> I, I I love teaching, but man alive, I'm I'm no, it's tough. Daryl, how are we? Um, were you in school this week at all? Yep. How were things at your school? So it's been uh, COVID free. It's been great. Wow. wow. Yeah. Must be the only well, ones. Well, right. Things could change really fast. And when I say COVID free, they've had a couple cases. And how about where you and Jill are, Matt? Everything okay so far? Bad. It's, really? It's, well, I shouldn't say bad. I'm that I'm being dramatic. Um I don't know. It, I, there, not, I think we're not being as dramatic as we need to be right now because no, the numbers well, are because numbers are up as far as positive cases go and, and the new policies with um, you basically can come back to school after five days, if you have diminished symptoms. So, I mean, I, I have a list of a few students who are on their second half of their, you know, what would be, have been the 10 day thing in my classes. Um, it's now kind of like, I don't, I don't know if this is district by district, but at least my district, you don't have to provide negative tests. Right. It's no, that's, that's, that's so if families are, hey, I got to work. My kid's going to school. Whether you test them or not, you can tell the school we tested them. It was negative. It doesn't have to be a PCR anymore. It could be the at home. So there, it's, you know, we're, we're back. It it, it it we're living with it and it, it's well it's funny and, and I, you know i know daryl and i both kind of jumped on you for this but your point kind of from the very beginning is that this is just going to be something that we have from now on and i think True. you know we wanted to believe that 80 percent of us would get vaccinated and that we could wipe it out in a year and a half you know that apparently that's not going to happen i think i'm starting to get more and more resigned to that the point that you made that this is now and hopefully and we hear this uh, and again we you you know you hear things and even though they may seem scientifically sound and well reported you don't know if they're still going to be true three months from now but we hear that mm -hmm. omicron is more contagious but less dangerous which is usually the the path toward herd immunity right eventually it's going to mutate into so many of these strains that are essentially damageless but are spread really easily so i think i hate to say it but i think maybe if we, if I was we right if we well that too but if we continue oh, down this path <laughs> but, but if we but it's not gonna the thing is even if you are right it's not gonna it's still it's still gonna be with us for a few more years and i yeah, but but it's there's a reasonable model that it, the, by the end of January things should start going down and not up anymore. So, no, we'll but again, who knows? Re reasonable the model may seem reasonable now, but th there weren't any models that said 
cases would be triple what they were last year this time. No, no, they definitely were Which is if you didn't, if you didn't get vaccinated, if you didn't get vaccinated, you give the virus all these opportunities to mutate. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And hopefully again, that the, it continues in, on the less dangerous path because I, I just, I mean, can you guys go through two more years of this? I mean, Daryl, at least you'll be retired at some point right. soon, but right. I can't, I can't, I, and, you know, I put my plans, sorry, I got myself down here again, but you know, I put my plans to go to Mexico on hold last year because of the situation. And I, you know, at this point, I don't know if it's going to be any better this year, but I can't, mm-hmm. if I sit around and wait for it to get better, it might be six more years, at which point Trump will be after his third term. Sorry, I'm getting riled up. Change the subject quickly. Hey, all right. NCAA championship prediction, Alabama versus Georgia. Who's going to win? Unfortunately, Alabama. Yeah, I don't think I've watched enough college football to have an informed Alabama is just, they're a machine. Who do you think, Matt? I actually, I I actually think Georgia will win. Um, I I think they do. I hope they do. I think in in the first game, I think everybody, Georgia included, kind of drank the Kool-Aid a little bit. But isn't this like kind of trying to decide between Satan and Hitler? I mean, really, does any of us want (laughs) either of these teams to win anything? What what, what do you have against Georgia? They never win. Right. They're... Really? They're SEC, so I guess it's it's the SEC thing. But, but no, I I agree, Matt. It's like, you know, I I hope Georgia wins. Uh, I, I think yeah, these Georgia and Alabama are head and shoulders. They both cream the other, yeah, and the other top four teams. So um, I don't think it was Satan and Hitler. It's more like the 1940 Yankees and uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers during their heyday or whatever. Georgia never wins. They were in the championship last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go back. They've won the SEC. They've won. uh, They won division titles from 2017 to 2019. No, Georgia's got a good football tradition. But they don't have any national championships. Uh, They have two. When was their last one? 1980. Herschel Walker. Come on. You don't remember Herschel Walker? Oh, you weren't that born, were you? No. <laughs> that's crazy uh, to say it out loud because I was born in the that's right. 40 years ago, though. So I, I hope I think Georgia's gonna win. I actually do. I hope Georgia wins. You know, it's tough though. It's tough because there's so much difference between Georgia and UMass or University of <laughs> Connecticut. You know, they're just like not on the same. Um, they're playing the same game, but it's totally different. Barely. Well, and even Texas, I mean, I was covered Texas for two years and they, you know, they were in that arena. They just weren't very good. I mean, they were pretty yeah. much a 500 team the two years I covered them. And even that was a world apart. I mean, there's a big difference between the Alamo bowl and the BCS championship game. So Boy, they have weird names this year too. the bulls. It's like, yeah. well, the, the Alamo bowl, I, that one, at least has no, something else thrown in front of it. Oh, does it? Oh, Valero. Yeah. That's the gas, the gas company. But at least as the Alamo Bowl, I thought Alamo, didn't Alamo, no, I guess maybe not. Did Alamo rent a car ever sponsor that? That would make sense. But anyway, we just did a lot of advertising for companies that aren't paying us a dime. So <laughs> do you guys have any thoughts on um, NFL playoffs? 
Any predictions? I was, you know, it's funny. I, I, I knew this was going to come up at some point in the next couple of weeks. And I, again, I, I don't know if, a, if it's a philosophical boycott of the sport, but I have really watched so little NFL football this year. I honestly tried to recall any one complete game that I've watched this season. Okay. And yeah, I I've, watched, I've watched a lot because I've been betting very successfully. <laughs> and, Good for you. Um, yeah. And uh, so I think, you know, I think Tampa Bay is going to come on strong. Um, and uh, it probably uh, Baltimore, probably Baltimore. You think Baltimore, they don't even, they're not even in the playoffs right, right now. Yeah, I know, but they're, uh, they're scary, but it's actually Kansas city is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised Daryl if uh, Tampa Bay, this actually this Antonio Brown thing, I think it could galvanize the team a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, no, and I did not anticipate that uh, our podcast would be um, saying good things about Antonio Brown. I'm really surprised. I'm not saying good things about him. I'm saying. Oh, you did too. You did. I, what did I say that was good about him? I'm saying you no. have to listen to him when he says he's hurt. What? How is that complimentary to him at all? No, it, to, I called him a piece of crap about four times. Yeah, it, yes. I said did. he should be out of the league. I didn't. Let's let's make this very correct. I am not being complimentary to Antonio, Antonio Brown at all. I am saying that when any player, no matter how big a piece of garbage he is, says he's injured, <laughs> the only correct response is okay. That's what I'm saying. Great. Good job with my blood pressure, Daryl. Thanks. You get your pacemaker fixed, and now you're going to ruin the rest of our health beautiful matt matt's in good health <laughs> well i might no, man i messed up I, I am probably my body is falling apart like 30, i don't want to 37 my shoulder is all i messed up my shoulder yesterday shoveling and going sledding with the boys my foot is messed up from limping on it i got a bone out of place in my foot my knee and my back i need I, I need a hyperbaric chamber in my house. <laughs> I need bionic body parts. I you're uh, hitting that you're hitting that wall a little early, man. Usually it's I, like I early forties, and I think you have the same issue. Like you use your body a lot, right? And I yeah. think you're starting it's starting to catch up with you, man. Slow it down right now because it just once you get off that cliff, it just goes. Yeah, Oof. no, I, I think I'm going to uh, maybe this summer I'll probably have foot surgery um, to fix. I've got a bone misplaced and that will at least allow me to walk with a little bit more comfort. And then I'm hoping my shoulder it kind of I, I'm a little concerned about it. But shoulders are really bad because uh, the rotator cuff is just uh, a very weak muscle. And so yeah. when you damage it, um, it, it doesn't heal. You're going to yeah. have to move to a classroom subject, Matt. Uh, no, you know, I truthfully, and, and I'm, I'm going into real estate. That's my goal. That's what I'm going to wow. love to do. And uh, I'm, I'm signing up. I actually, I needed to wait for uh, my paycheck this week. And one of my plans this weekend is to sign up. There's an online company who uh, does it. It's, it's fairly priced. And so I'm going to be working on that this winter and hope my, I really, by the summer, I'd like to be kind of dabbling part-time in some real estate. Wow, I'd buy a house from you. I mean, I don't have any money, but I would buy a house yeah. from you. That's right. I, you know, I figured if, if it can give me, if I can get one, two houses a year that more than pays for the license and, and gives me a little bit of extra cash, but I'd like to, 
it, you know, finding ways for my money to make me money and real estate, um, getting into some property ownership is sort of how I'd like to do that. So, you know, we'll see. Well, that's I, a good, I, that's a good summer. It's a good summer thing for a teacher too. Cause you can turn it on and turn it off at sort of at will. Well, and that's it too. I mean, if I work, if, if I'm work basically on commission during the busy parts of the school year, I don't answer emails, you know, kind of thing, or, or, you know, I, you don't, you don't ignore your, your potential clients, but I can work as hard as I, I want to. And kind of, I, I have that mentality where I don't, I don't want to be reliant on other people to make me money. If I can do things for myself, I, I'm more than happy to do that. So we'll see, but I, I can, I can teach and sell a few houses. Well, welcome, welcome to Daryl and my world of changing careers every whatever thirteen years. So yeah. we can but actually. I think it's a good way to do it. But I, I would not have it any other way, and I'm enjoying what like I'm doing when now. Go, when you go to college, most people don't know what they're going to do. You know, and I just uh, wish I didn't have so many damn student loan payments still. It, it's that's you know right. that's what well hang keep keep hold on maybe if we can get a proper socialist in office we can get that taken care of too <laughs> but at least they got deferred i mean that, that again like you know we talk about no, that's you know, been huge and and matt it's funny because you and i talked about the child tax credit not being you know worth very much but not having to pay that whatever 350 dollars a month student loans is that's that's important to me so i they keep that going forever i'm all for that too make student loan payback voluntary for the people who are wealthy. Yeah, no, that's, that's, it has been helpful. I mean, I still have my private loans um, that I'm, I've been paying off this whole time. How much does it cost to get uh, education for a real estate license and get, get licensed and all that? So the course, the online course is uh, like 280. Oh, wow. That's not bad. And you've got to pay to take the test you got to pay for your licensure and all that stuff when it's all said and done. I mean, it's going to be under 800 bucks. Wow. I mean, that's, it, it, that's, that's so much cheaper than like a tech licensing, like to get licensed to be a, you know, windows administrator, even the more simple ones is thousands of dollars, three, $4,000 at least. So that's, I mean, that's very reasonable. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do that. And, and, you know, I, I say by the summer, but who knows? I, I got two little kids, so I know we're running out of time. Uh, thanks for listening everybody. And uh, yeah, you can get good money for those kids. Ah, don't, come on, man. Need come to supplement on. your income. That's come just, on, just a on. suggestion. Come on, Joe. Please. Anyway, uh, have a great week, everybody. Thanks, thanks for, a listening. Lot for listening to our show and uh, we'll see you next uh, Saturday. Yeah. Download the podcast and uh, let's all uh, send Daryl some good wishes that his cold gets better. Yeah, hopefully I'll be talking regularly and not so reserved next week. Well, you had a little bit of a Wolfman Jack thing going. It was, it was nice. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening, uh, especially because we're on WXOJLP Northampton. Listen to Dr. Demento. 